And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100% And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big Sean McCarthy. All right, everyone, it is another edition of the Weighing In Podcast. We are coming in hot with all kinds of things to talk about in the world of MMA. We've got a Bellator. Thank God we've got a Bellator coming back. We have an Eagle FC, and I have my man, Josh the Punk Thompson, the man that has taught me a lesson, the man that taught me that, no, hindsight is not twenty twenty; It's 50-50. <laughs> What's up, baby? See, you can teach an old dog new tricks still. Oh, I'm telling you guys. I don't know if you're teaching me anything, but man, <laughs> you're coming up with new shit that no one's going to ever understand. It's all right. We're going to make a t-shirt out of that because it's so popular. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm just sitting here drinking my out of my mug. You know, the king. Here he is. Yeah, oh, Jesus. Is. Did you actually allow yeah. someone to put a crown on you? Oh, my yeah, God. Look at that. Look bad at that. Boy you right haven't there. looked like that for yep. freaking years. The king of the gym, baby. The king of the gym. You need to put uh, that thing down. That's embarrassing. Yeah, my dad bod's getting out of hand right now. <laughs> <laughs> I love this new design. Dave, did you come up with this? This yeah. hindsight is 50-50? Well, yeah. I, wasn't sure if, I wasn't sure if you reached out to somebody online and had them do it, because I know how you don't like to do a lot of work. Oh, yeah. So That thing is awesome. <laughs> I love, I love your is. little pilot glass. You look like a, uh, what are those minions. You look like a minion, dude. I like the little goggles. Yeah, they like, could Dude, if we could get your middle. eyes just to be one... Yeah, that would be cool. fantastic. That's pretty dope. I have a challenge to our fan base. If we can get uh, over 3,000 likes on this video, which would be a record um, for, mm. for a non-pay-per-view show, we will make this a t-shirt for a week. For a week Ooh. only, man. Yes, yeah, so, because at least six or seven of them. Uh, <laughs> I'd say it's 50-50. I love it. You want to make I a limited it. edition? <laughs> uh, yeah, it is a limited. It will be a limited edition. We still don't make that one that says 100 was it 100%? I think it was 100%, right? All right. Anyways, John, I got a lot of hate, man, from last week. You? Why would you get hate? I got a lot of hate. Look, guys. That hater is, dude. John, am I I right, though? Look, am I right? Look, people, we've talked about this off. We talked about this off camera. 50%, let's let's even say, let's just say it was lower than 50%. 40% of the people in the comment section were like, yeah, Josh, you're right. The fight sucked, but you know both fights were not great. Especially knowing what the potential of both fi- both fights were, could have been, both fights were not great. That you know, and somehow you, people in the comments seem to bring in Bellator as if like I give a shit. Like it just simply, I got, I got to the point. I'm like, I didn't even bring it up. I didn't even bring up Bellator. Bellator wasn't even in the conversation. Look, I cannot like a fight. And still have respect for the fighters because here in this one-off, right? Like we've seen the Derek Lewis and the, and the Ngannou fight. It was a shitty ass fight. Probably the worst, one of the worst fights, if not the worst fight in history. But you go back after that fight, though, and you look at the fights that Francis had after that. Yep. Phenomenal fights. And yep. I can say that. That's where you guys, there's no hate. There's no ill will. I got a lot of love for all these athletes. I got a lot of respect for them. That's for damn sure. But when the fighter doesn't fight to their potential, you have to say something. I mean, like, you don't have to. Obviously, you don't have to. But I'm not here to gas people up. I'm not here to, like, pat you on the back and be your yes man. I'm not here for that. You guys come You guys come here for our knowledge in terms of breaking down fights. And what we saw and what I saw is not, not a performance from any of the fighters that could have potentially, that they should have lived up to. That's the thing. And I think also, too, after reading some of Brandon Moreno's comments, He's happy and content with the fact that he still thinks he won, which it was a close fight. We close didn't fight. say anything about that. 
He could have done more. I think in the, I think that's exactly what I was trying to say. The calf kick definitely had an effect. He should have pulled the trigger when he did land the shots and combinations, create an angle and throw again. I had a lot of people that agree with me, but you get the people on there that don't agree with you, and all of a sudden it turns into your Bellator bias. I never even brought up Bellator. I can dislike a fight, you guys, and not have anything to do with Bellator. You guys, you guys have to learn that real quick. In terms of the heavyweight, you heavyweight fight. Everyone came at me like, oh, well, he had torn ACLs and MCLs and all that stuff. Look, you guys. Yeah, why do you, hold on. Well, if some of you guys listened to us last week when we were talking about the UFC and the main event and the heavyweights and everything getting going, you guys could have taken our advice. Won a little extra money. We had the right, we had the right winner and how the fight was going to get done. But go to mybookie.ag. Use that promo code weighing in where most people made some money off of us from that, from our calls and the decisions in which we made. For this, these main events. Now, there were some fights, obviously, we weren't always right on, but we did narrow it down to some good stuff for you guys to pick and choose, especially in the in-between and round bettings. So you guys, go to mybookie.ag, use that promo code WAYNEIN. There's also a QR code right over there. You guys can use that one. And when you guys use that QR code, it takes you right to our page. You guys can do your initial deposit, which they will give you a little bit of extra spending cash with that QR code at mybookie.ag. Use that promo code WAYNEIN. We've got some Bellator fights coming up this weekend. You've got the NFL playoffs that are happening as well. Go ahead and there's plenty of sports to gamble on right now to try to make a little extra cash during these times. But make sure you guys use our promo code WAYNEIN at mybookie.ag. I heard some, some, I had had a, a friend of mine say, hey man, on your podcast, I was looking at comments. I go, I don't look at those. <laughs> and he goes, he says, a lot of people have said you didn't talk about the, the knee injury of Nangano. Why didn't you guys talk about it? I go, because it didn't matter as far as you didn't know it before, and it's only what yeah. you're going off of. I go, he he performed like he would have if his knee was absolutely fine. Yeah, I agree. There was I, no he, difference. He, he may have kicked a little bit more. Maybe. But he did kick. He may have kicked it a little bit more. It had nothing to do with his stand-up and him no. missing punches. No, it had nothing. Sorry. He was loading up. He was throwing yep. aggressively, was missing shots. The speed of gone was was faster than him. Like he he understood that like he needed to not he was reaching every which way in every direction and missing left and right. That had nothing to do with it. And the other thing, you guys, when I fought Gil the third time, I had a torn PCL and a and a, and a strain in my MCL and ACL. All three of them. So I had a torn PCL and I still fought, still kicked, still did like, look, if it, if you can get through a little bit of training, right. And you understand, I'm just going to take this risk. Whatever happens after that, it's on you. If you didn't fight to your ability, that's fine. But I'm not going to sit up here and make excuses for him. He chose to take the fight. Yeah. Okay. Like, and that's the thing. I'm, and that's the thing. I'm not here to gas him up. I'm not here to like make him out. So in this fight, he did not perform well. Whether his knee was torn or not, it wasn't the Francis that we are used to and accustomed to seeing. And the same thing with Gone. I think a little bit of the pressure got to him. He started to fold a little bit. He didn't expect uh, Francis to wrestle the way that he did. And I don't think he expected Francis to be so good and dominant in terms of the top position. Francis was getting in mounts, getting not holding it too long, but getting to the back, doing all the things that Gone just wasn't doing properly from his back. But overall... That's what probably was the shocker for the fight, but the fight itself was not a good fight. And I'm not going to sit up here and tell you guys that it was. I know John's over here going, ah, it wasn't. I didn't think it John, was bad. It, okay. Okay. I mean, okay, here, the, we can agree why. to disagree and, on that. And, and this, but this is the whole point of what you're bringing up because I didn't. I didn't think it was a bad fight. In fact, I thought it was fairly interesting, especially the fact that a guy like Francis Ngannou, who had one submission victory, I was the referee for that fight. 
<laughs> all of a sudden, he's he's turned into a wrestler. He's turned into a grappler because that was his road to victory, and it was smart. And when you see a guy hey, sit there and go away from what is his bread and butter to something that you don't expect, that that's intriguing to me. And it's, it shows mm-hmm. some fight IQ. Yeah. It shows a lot of things about, hey, this guy's willing to get out of his comfort zone and do the things necessary to get the win. So I, I did enjoy it. But this is the whole fact of, look, no matter what you say, fifty. I always say 50% of the people want wanted Nangano, 50% want Cyril Gaunt. And all the ones that wanted Cyril Gaunt hate you for what you say. You know, okay, yeah. if you're a referee, they hate you because you made Cyril Gaunt lose. No, you didn't. <laughs> but they're going to say you did. It's just... Yep. I don't worry about those things. If you if you like what I say, great. If you don't like what I say, great. It has nothing to do with the fact that I work for Bellator or you work for Bellator. Yeah. I don't I don't talk about things in that fashion. I love fights, and when when I talk about these fighters, I try to talk about them with the utmost in respect. Mm-hmm. But I try to be honest, and you can't make everybody happy when you're being honest. Yeah. Yeah, no, and that's that's the biggest thing is when you are telling the truth, you're going to piss people off. Sure, and, and, at like, times. and it, it, this has nothing to do with Bellator, and this has nothing to do. Either, this has nothing to do with even the UFC. This has no. to do with the fight that happened and played out right in front of me. I agree with you on the fact that Francis showed a very high fight IQ. I give a lot of credit to his corner, Eric Nipsick, on making the chess the adjustments and <clears throat> that he needed to make to make sure he got the win. Because, like you said. And like we had said that he was probably down 2-0 going into that third round and he needed to make something happen. And he made the, the a lot of adjustments. And, and look, I don't need to see every fight as a knockout, but let's be honest. He was swinging and missing. He didn't look good and you can blame it on his knee all you want, but his accuracy, his his loading up and his aggression just they weren't on point. He was missing everything. He didn't look good. He was really loading up to the point where everything looked sloppy. That's not the need. That's just the fact that, that that's what was that's what he was doing. He's having a hard time of, finding him. Yeah, which, which is the, what makes Cyril Gaon who he is because he is outstanding at yes. controlling the distance. He is outstanding at controlling the distance. In this fight, though, Francis didn't do enough to where Cyril Gaon could capitalize on stuff. And he is he is even though Gaon was still like he possesses the power that gone had to respect him so much mm-hmm. that he was throwing one shot and running, throwing one shot and running in past fights. He would throw two and three shots and then move two and three shots and then move. It's a difference in opponent. And I get that that's the way that the fights, the fight game works. I understand there's plenty of guys that I've fought. They were like, you had to respect their power because you understood one shot and it could be over. So if you go back and watch my last fight I ever had against Patricky, it was one, two shots and get the hell out of there because he possessed the power that he possesses. So there's fighters out there that you understand that's the way you got to fight him. And with gone, it was a very similar fight. But the thing is, one shot and then waiting 30 seconds, 45 seconds, then throwing again. That's what I, my complaint was in overall in terms of the fight. Has nothing to do with anything else outside of the fact that the, all four fighters in the co-main and the main did not live up to the potential of the fight that they were that they were uh, that they were involved in. Now I gassed up what the, whatever the kid's name was, Henry. That kid was absolutely phenomenal. Oh, Victor, just Henry. absolutely phenomenal! Yeah. What a great fight! And then he, even his great opponent, they had it. They but they just had a great fight back and forth. And Henry just was a notch ahead of him slightly. But those are the kind of fights that you want to be involved in, you know. And you that I just I have no problem giving everybody credit for. But when it comes down when it comes down to it, 
you cannot be somebody that has this that this platform that we have and sit here and go every single time it was a great fight because you're lying to people and that's not going to happen no what we what we what we've got to do is we got to make sure that you stop reading comments i can't i can't stop man i'd like to know if we have weaknesses and flaws in our game and and what we're doing i want i want to read it and and i even sometimes want to touch on it but i just find it funny that everybody seems to go right back to oh it's because you work for bellator no 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 (laughs) i don't have a hard time i and i've done this if you guys go back and listen to some of our shows I've ridden some of our guys, you know, especially a lot of our guys where this is their opportunity to, to put on a big show when they get onto the, under the bigger platform or they make the main card and they lay a goose egg. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? You know, and I'll ride those people too, because they listen to our show as well. The fighters listen to us. I get, I get DMS from fighters all the time. You're absolutely right. I understand what you're saying. You were right. Like that gives me, that makes me feel a lot better. Oh, we get those all the time from guys going all the time. And I didn't like, I didn't like hearing what you said, but when I thought about it, yeah, yep. you were right, and I'm I'm gonna make that change. Oh, okay. I just, don't say it because I want to be a dick. Yeah, I don't want to be it a dick. Man. The truth. I'm I'm not trying to be. Look, I'll go back to uh, Islam Mamadov uh, when he fought Brent Primus. I thought uh, Primus beat him because he was aggressive, had more attacks. But I also, Mamadov is a teammate of mine, and so I've trained with him a lot. He's a great guy, great guy. Mm-hmm. But. In that fight, I feel like he was defending the whole time. You guys go back and watch that fight. Brent Primus. No, don't, Islam, because it really wasn't that good. It wasn't a good fight. <laughs> it wasn't Mamadoff a good fight. just didn't do enough offense. He didn't do enough offense, you know, and so he was defending submission after submission after submission. I thought Brent Primus won the fight. Now, in that being said, I didn't give a shit who won because I don't have any skin in the game. But then on top of it, both fighters could have done more to a better to have a better performance. Brent Primus could have got his ass up off the ground and could have worked the striking because he was having success with striking. Mamadov could have done more ground and pound instead of just trying to control the top position and defending submissions. And so there, I rode both of those fighters aggressively on that next show that we had. And I said, because I know how good Mamadov is. He's phenomenal. I believe he's he hasn't lost in 10 years. Over a decade, he hasn't lost. Was he 20 and 1? Yeah, he's something like that. He's 21. He's phenomenal. I, like I said, I've trained with him. I understand how good he is and what he's what he is capable of. And so I will say things like that. And Brent Primus, I've seen him fight numerous times against top-level talent. And he just, some nights he comes out and just doesn't do the job. He doesn't, doesn't listen to his coaches, doesn't make the adjustments as the fight goes on. And I've said about, about him um, on this. I say it to his face also after that fight with Mamadoff and also his fight with Chandler. I gave him the same thing after he came up to me and said, what did you think? What? I said, these were your mistakes, and I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to tell you exactly how it is. Maybe that's why they call me the punk, and I'm okay with it. But you know what? When it comes down to having a conversation with a fighter, it really, this is the hurt business, and they need to hear the truth. And they need to understand that, and they do understand, that's the thing. They do understand that I'm not trying to hurt their feelings. I'm trying to tell them that, hey, if you did a little bit of this, you tweaked it a little bit this way, or just focused on this one thing, you probably would have got the win, or you would have taken less damage. And so that's all. Anyways, let's get into the rest of this card, because I can go about this all day. All day. I love it. I am Um, keeping you away from the comments, man. I don't know. I got to figure out how to do this from a distance. No more comments for you. I leave that shit open all day. I just swipe up. (laughs) Just swipe up. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I'm too busy. Um, all right, all right. So uh, let's let's talk. Actually, let's uh, let's talk. Let's talk about this in order, there, Dave. So Eagle FC is this week. There's a couple of fighters on there we want to mention. We want to give a little love to the show. It's their first big show. Their first show. Uh, you know, and we want to make sure they no, get a little bit of love. It's not their first show. It's their first show here, isn't it? Yeah, first show here. Sorry, in okay. the states. Yeah. Okay, but 
Um, this is yeah. This is gonna be a bit. This is gonna be a big deal. So, uh, Tyron Spong fight, fighting uh, Sergey Karatanov. This <sighs> Spong coming off of the long layoff from the leg. Long. Yeah, long. Was it four mm. years? Three years? Four? Long. I mean, way long. He's only got two yeah, MMA he, fights, man. No, I understand that, but he broke his but he broke his uh, leg, so he yeah. hasn't really been, he had a nasty break like uh, Anderson Silva style. Yep. And I don't know when was the last time he fought. 2013. Yeah, but he fought a kickboxing fight though. Oh. Um, he's, he's fought a kickboxing since then, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's fought sure. kickboxing. So I can't tell you when his last kickboxing fight. I want to say it was over two years ago, maybe even three. Oh, he had a boxing. Right, it was. Well, I know he did a boxing. Did he do believe. a boxing like in 2019, 2018, something have. like that? About four years ago. Yeah, WFL Latino heavyweight champion. Da, da, da. Let's see who do. Um, there's no data really on kickboxing. It just says ninety six and one. And there's not a date on the last time he fought. And I'm just. Can you, will, will be in. Will be in topology or just. Will that be on there? His kickboxing. Yeah, it should be. It's on here. So this yeah. was a professional oh, boxing cool. record he fought hey, in 2019. He boxed so he in 2019. 2019. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. But it was just boxing, no kicking. Yep, and then kickboxing was last... 2012. By the looks of it. Oh no, sorry, the kickboxing was 2014. 2014. No, so how did he break his ankle or his leg then? I thought he broke it in a in a leg injury fight. was kickboxing. It says. Yeah, leg injury. So that was that was 2014. He broke that. Yeah, yeah. That was a while ago, man. Jeez, man. That's why I said yes, so long forever. ago. Damn, yeah. that was so long ago. I didn't realize it was that long. It didn't, see, it didn't seem like that long. But then again, we've been locked in our in cages for the last <laughs> fucking two years, two and a half years. Yeah. My damn house. Jeez. Anyways, I live in California, so it's like extra lockdown. All right, so Sergey Karatanov versus Tyron Spong. This is, a, this is a fun fight for me. I feel like it's the reason why I think it's a fun fight is it's an MMA fight. Sergey does have a chance if he does get the fight to the ground. But that well, that's not what he does, depth. though. That's not what he does. You are correct, John. That ding, ding, ding. You <laughs> ding, are ding, ding. right. So, it, but if he does get to the top position, Spong may have a hard time getting up off of his back. Oh, he ain't getting up underneath from Karatanov. Uh, I don't think so either. The size of Karatanov, the speed of Karatanov, the size will be a, a, a positive. The speed will be a negative. Yeah. He is a lot slower than Tyron Spong. Yes, he is. And Spong puts his combinations together with power, and they come quick and aggressive. I don't. I don't know if Karatanov understands how good Tyron Spong is in terms of the speed, his mobility, all of those things. He's gonna find out real quick. Well, if you're looking at style wise, and this is it all comes. It's this is pretty simple. You're right. The speed is is the difference maker here, and it's what would. Uh, that's just horrible. But the <laughs> the speed is a big difference. But Karatanov, he fights more boxing style in MMA. He yeah. He likes to close that range he gets it down to where he's really basically throwing he's got a beautiful uppercut he's actually got a very heavy stiff jab but he's got to be able to hit spong with it and the speed wise i think spong is going to be able to see a lot of what is coming his way and will be able to deflect a lot of it and stuff but karatanov does have some sambo background he does have some takedowns he does have the ability he's got really good wrist control when he uh grabs a hold of something because he's got big old mitts Jesus but he, uh, you know, this is one, he doesn't take damage the same. He can't take a shot the same way. You know, he had a great fight against uh, Congo, and he got uh, hurt in the last bit where Congo was exhausted, but he got, he, he blasted wow. him and got him to the point where he got a choke that 
Karatanov was just tired too, and he tapped at the choke. But this is one I can see. If it stays on the feet, I think it's going Spong. No doubt about it in my mind. If it's well, if, it, if it hits the ground and Spong's underneath Karatanov, he's going to have a hard time getting up from that. Well, you, you just said that like Tyron Spong in the MMA world, he doesn't like to kick a lot. But I think a lot of that has to do with him fighting people his size that may potentially be, have enough speed and aggressiveness to get the takedown if he's catching the kick. I'm sorry, but <laughs> that ain't going to happen with, but with there's a, There is a huge size. I don't care what yeah. they say Spong is going to weigh in. I don't know what he's yeah. going to weigh in. This has got to be a heavyweight fight because you got Karatanov. Spong normally was a light heavyweight. Yeah. All right. He's not going to be more than 215. 210, 215 pounds. I think if he's more than 215, I'm saying he's heavy for who he normally is the way he fights. Yeah. So... Karatanov's going to be walking in there. He cuts to 265. He'll yeah. be walking in there at 280 pounds. That's a big old bear coming his way. So yeah, he's a got a slow old bear, too. Yeah, but I'll tell you what, it's a big bear. And man, that bear can, when it hits you and it grabs you, yeah. it can be trouble. So he's just got, Spong's got to use his footwork, his intelligence as a stand up fighter and pick him apart. If he, if he, if he goes at it that way, I think he's going to get the win. Yeah, he's got to keep his back off the fence. Oh, yes. Because we saw what Karatanov did to, to big country and to other fighters. And once he presses you to the fence, he starts doing that dirty boxing, the yeah, knees and the clinch. And he's so and heavy. Yeah, he's heavy. He just hangs on you. He starts to slow you down. And Tyron Spong not being a big guy. Um, obviously, the athleticism, I think, is going to go a lot to Tyron Spong. Just stick and move. He's going to have to, you guys, he's going to have to fight him a very similar way to how Cyril Gaon fought. Uh, and gone. He's going to have to stick and move, but he's going to have to be a lot more active to make it an exciting fight. Okay, I want to make sure we're talking. <laughs> All right, what else? What are the fights on here, buddy? Well, you got Scroll the return down. of Rashad Evans. That's the one that, yeah. that I think is. Uh, he's going against Gabriel Checo. He, like Rashad's just a much uh, higher level as far as what he's accomplished in MMA than Checo. But which Rashad are we going to see? You know, I I do think that the time away. For a shot in this in this action, this moment is a good thing. You know, yeah. he's been away, he's had time out of it, he's rejuvenated, he's coming back, and if he's you know wanting to be in there in this fashion, then I'm 100 percent behind him, and I hope he has a a good fight and a great time doing it. But he's uh, the guy he's fighting. Checo's good. He's just not quite as good as he's definitely not as good as what Rashad was. And I still don't think that he's. Uh, of the status of what Rashad, you know, can can still be. Yeah, I had a great conversation with Rashad down in Florida when we had the uh, Fort Lauderdale fights for Bellator, and I talked to him. He is in a much better place yeah. mentally, physically. I think everything about him right now is he's ready to make a little bit of a, you know, like hey, let's make a little bit of money, let's make a little bit of noise, let's let me get back. You know, and just have some fun with this. Mentally, he's in, like I said, he's in a better place. And also, too, just everything in his life is in a better place. Yep. He seems like a very happy person. And and I've known him for a long time. He didn't used to be that way. No. You know, he, he was a good guy. He was a nice guy. He's always guy, a good but, guy. Yeah, he's always a good guy. But he always, had, just, some, he always had some issues going. Yeah, he always, there was always something going. I don't, I don't, but I don't he was, know. But he was one of the best teammates when it yeah. got to be in the gym and what he would do for guys and how he would help guys. This is a guy, man. He would be there for his training partners, for guys. He was always out there trying to, you know, make them better, give them good advice, tell them, hey, I've been through this situation. I think you want to look at it this way. He was fantastic as that guy, a leader in the gym. And 
I, yeah. Like I said, I think this is a good opportunity for him to come back and feel good about what he's done in MMA. Yeah, and uh, like I said, he it seems like I said mentally he seems like in a very very good place. Good for him to come back. Oh, hopefully he gets the win. Yep. Uh, Ray Borg and Cody Gibson. Good fight. I like Ray Should Borg. I think Ray Borg is yeah. fun to watch. Yep. He's explosive. He's got a great ground game. He's got, you know, his, his wrestling's good. He'll stand and bang with guys. Cody Gibson, same thing. He is a tough son of a bitch. I'm glad this is at Bantamweight instead of, you know, where both of them have fought at times. I think, uh, I'm not sure about Cody. He might have always been Bantamweight, but Borg would fight at Flyweight also. But Yeah. A good one. I, I bought I bought a bunch of T-shirts from Ray when his son was going through some issues yeah. and uh, yeah, um, did a I I don't understand like he had some rough patches you know when when he was going through those times and I hope he hopefully gets a win I'm hoping he gets back to the UFC and gets a chance to to do some more work there because you guys it's got to be very hard John um, I never had I had some personal issues throughout my career you know but uh, to have to it was something like you know deaths in the family things like that that happened suddenly but the but having to day in day out go to training and then still try to be there and be strong for your family that has got to be extremely hard not and so hopefully hopefully he gets uh gets a couple you know gets a win or two and gets back on gets back into the big shows man that'd be yeah. great that'd be great for him uh, um john howard yeah i i i've i've, ne- I've not seen Kermagomedov fight, so I really don't have anything to say about it. I don't, I don't know him. John Howard, really tough dude, great stand up, a lot of power in his hands. Mm-hmm. I don't know a whole lot about Kermagomedov. Interesting. Yeah, I know he's good. I know John Howard's tough. I haven't seen Kermagomedov either. Well, he's fight, tough. So, but I'll and tell you the he... one that's a, a tough one is looking at uh, it's Raymond uh, Magomedov mm-hmm. and him against Anthony Njikawani. Njikawani's tough. You got good stand up, and it's a real, the real question. And I've seen Magomedov fight. He's good. He's got good wrestling. Can he get Njikawani down? If he can get him down, he's going to win the fight. If he doesn't, Njikawani's going to end up eating him up in the stand up. That's the thing. Don't let the record fool you in this situation. Like here, everyone was really hyped over Andre Fialo, who just uh, fought Pahea, had a great fight. It was a back and forth. Took the fight on short notice. When Chikawani knocked him out in I don't know nineteen seconds or something, maybe even longer that was cheating. Oh, that was cheating. Sorry, that was my cheating. bad. That was, okay, that was their brothers, brother. Though. Yeah. yeah, but they're very similar, John. And oh styles yeah, and, totally. Yeah. So, um, okay. Yep. The, what other fights on here are? impress you or an interest in uh sean asher against jorgen de castro mm-hmm. i like jorgen de castro he's got power he just comes out to throw big shots you know and so sean asher's got to be re- very aware of that he's got a sean asher's the guy that usually likes to take the fight a little bit deeper this is a good good heavyweight matchup that's that was some good matchmaking i like the fact that they got both of those guys de castro he's i've seen him he, he fights like really aggressive right he's been in the, he was in the ufc for a while yeah yeah, he's really aggressive. Didn't did he knock out? Oh, he's had some big um, knockouts. He knocked out the Hawaiian, the the New Zealand guy, right? Um, who did he knock out? The news? Are you saying? Ty? No, he knocked out Greg Hardy. Yeah, did he knock out? No, he, no, no, he no, decision no, no, Greg no. Hardy. Who did he knock out? I thought he knocked out. Oh, no, Taffa. He, he lost Taffa. Yeah, he knocked out Taffa. That's who I was thinking of. I was like, Justin Taffa. Okay. Yeah, which is then, not easy to do. No, I can't imagine. <laughs> Just I never Taffa. had power, so I the only man that's like. ever missed weight. Heavyweight. I love the guy. Shit heavyweight. Unbelievable. Ah, you can't blame him, man. He got screwed. 
And uh, okay, so now my last, the last one I'm going to talk about is obviously a good friend of mine, Sean Bunch. So Sean, the good great, wrestler, the great, phenomenal wrestler, really explosive, a little older in age, but still super fast. Like even when I was in my peak, I wouldn't be anywhere near as fast as that guy now. Like he's so damn fast. And his double leg, the way he turns the corner, all of those things. He's a phenomenal wrestler. Uh, he's learned how to be a little bit more patient in the cage too and fight at a pace to control it. Um, I don't know his opponent at all. Uh, I don't know if you do. Do you know him at no, all? No, I don't. Never seen Okay, him. so for Dov's, uh, Kasanov. Kasanov. Yeah. So, I mean, six and two versus 10 and five, bunches 10 and five. You know, he's at, he, he is with Sean. It just depends on if Sean can go a full 15 minutes without having a brain fart. Boom! Because he can be that so is exactly dominant. It. And okay, guys, here, listen up. I'm talking shit about my friend right now. This is what's going on. Okay, look, Sean Bunch is probably one of the most technical and phenomenal wrestlers I've I've been around in in my life. He's so explosive. He's so technical. He's someone that can do the move but can't really teach it or show it to you. So that he's one of those guys. Like he's just so good, just naturally, naturally gifted at a lot of things. But a very hard worker as well. Uh, the speed on his jab, his boxing's come a long way. He worked with Rosendo, uh, and Rosendo is someone who also worked with DC and everyone else. But Roe is a really good boxing coach. Rosendo was actually the boxing coach, but he was also the first guy to ever beat um, uh, the Filipino kid, boxer, pro boxer, uh, Filipino kid. Uh, Manny Pacquiao. Noni- Nonito Donaire. Oh, Donaire? He-, he was the very first guy Rosendo to beat Rosendo beat Donaire? Donaire? Yes. Yes. Really? Yep, the, that's exactly what my face looked like when he said that shit. <laughs> I mean, Donaire's been fighting a long time, but... Yeah, it was early in the career. Wow. Yeah, yep, yep. Rosendo I didn't know Rosendo beat Donaire. Yeah, he can box, man. Oh, dude, he yeah, can box. He can I've box. seen him box. But yeah, he's, he can box. He's only about four foot three. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm Donaire, sorry, Donaire's not that big either, though. He's <laughs> no, not no. that big. But he's a lot taller than he's a lot taller dude, than no, the best. The best part is to watch Rosendo work with... All of his guys and, and big oh, guys, great. and he's doing mitts with his arms straight up. Mm-hmm. In the air. <laughs> yeah, these guys, you go working the shoulders. How are your shoulders able to survive? Yeah, he doesn't put that dude. Got to put that. Uh, he's got a great little boxing gym that he's got going on in Santa Rosa. So if anyone's listening to this that lives up by Santa Rosa, yeah, he's great. That guy. he's a great, great guy. He's got, he's got a great group of young kids that are that he's building up. He's got jujitsu there as well. He's got a good little program, man, up there. He's really taken off. He's got, I think, he's got like over a hundred something members. Yeah, phenomenal, man. He's a good, he's a good person. He's a good person. Oh, yeah. I love to he give was, him a lot of shit because he he's was, a Raiders fan. He was big with uh, Tyson Griffin in the big when Tyson. Yes, was he was. Coming up. Yep. Yes, he was. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, Sean. So Sean Bunch. I think the wrestling will probably if Kasanov is a good wrestler. I think Sean's gonna be able to nullify that wrestling right off the bat. And if it comes down to the speed on the feet. I'm gonna give it to Sean Bunch. The jab, staying long, not making a brain fart to the point where he gets, you know, keeps his hands up. And uh, look, natural reaction I think for wrestlers is to like duck their head. You saw the Ben Askren situation. Even when Sean Bunch fought uh, Keith Lee, he dipped his head quite a bit every time uh, Keith Lee left his left the left the canvas. He jumped knees and Sean ate him. And it's like those are the positions where wrestlers have a tendency to dip their head when someone leaves their feet, thinking they can grab the legs. It's got to be very careful in this situation. So uh, I wish him the be- nothing but the best, but yeah. hey, it's a tough fight. All right, let's talk about Bellator. Let's jump right into the Bellator main event. You got mm. Ryan Bader versus the interim champ, 
is Valentin Moldovsky. Moldovsky is a Fedor protege. 11-1 in Ryan Bader's 28-7. I like how this uh, Sherdog's got this new thing going on, like like uh, Dave was saying. They're they're listening to weight classes now. They're doing a little like a little thing in the middle. Looks very know, nice. For the verse. Yet it, to it, come. it looks a lot better. Sure dog, you finally up in your game after twenty five years. Jeez. <laughs> finally. Well, if you take a well, look at the I, I say this is Ryan Bader versus Team Fedor three. Because yeah. he, like he started off, he got the big win in the heavyweight world grand prix against Fedor himself. Knocked him out in thirty seconds. Mm-hmm. You know, landed a great shot and then finished it up. And then lost his light heavyweight title to Nemkov. And now he's going against the guy who is the interim champion. This is very similar to what we just had with uh, Ngano and, and Cyril Gan with the champion against the interim champion. And this is one, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how people look at this. But Ryan's coming off of a loss to Corey Anderson. Pretty quick loss as far as uh, he got hurt. It was in Arizona. He's back in Arizona in front of his people and now going for that that rubber match against Team Fedor. This is an interesting matchup because they both are what we call that smaller hybrid type of heavyweight mm-hmm. speed-wise and everything. But the one thing is Moldovsky has been, and this is why I, I always look and say, when you have been at that weight and you're comfortable with where you're at, Ryan's been moving up and down now. And I don't like that. I just don't think that that's the best you know thing to, to do, but it's what he decided to do, and we're going to see if it has an effect in this fight. Yeah, he's coming off that loss to Corey Anderson, which was in Arizona, which was what, in November? Yeah, November 16th. No- so now he's turning around, trying to put the weight back on properly to get ready for a heavyweight fight. Here we are coming up He should, up at he the should end of just January. say, I'm just going to be who I am as far as yeah. I'm not going to put any weight on. Yeah, he's going to have to put a little bit, though. I mean, he's going to naturally put some on. He'll naturally put some on, but, you know, how will his training be affected during that? It's going to take some time for his body to adjust, carry the amount of cardio that he's going to need to carry that extra weight. So his body's going to have to build up to that. I don't think the two months was enough time, two and a half, three months, so it was enough time. So that's one thing. Two is, though, I will give him credit, though. He will be the faster fighter. So the faster fighter, I think the boxing aspect of it. I think think that, that evens out. It won't even be close. Ryan Bader's gonna be a lot faster. No, yeah. So just you negative. Just watch okay, you negative watch Ghost Rider. You wait. You watch and pay attention. Yeah, I'll He'll watch be the faster fighter. Um, Moldovsky uh, is gonna be the a little bit thicker, a little bit bigger. I don't know how much bigger, Bill, but I think stylistically the wrestling is how is how this thing's gonna pan out. I think Ryan Bader's gonna have to stick and move, but he needs to threaten the wrestling a little bit as well. Yeah, threaten the wrestling a lot. <laughs> You think so? I think he's yes. better off standing. Moldovsky's stand-up is not as... Oh, man, John. I'm glad we disagree on this. Because so am I, because we're, we're going to find out. <clears throat> I think, I think. look, both of them, when they back up and they're being pressured and striking, both of them lift their chins up and back away flat-footed. They both bring their feet together. All right, negative again. You're completely no. opposite in how Just they back up. All three of their last fights. They, they're completely different in the way they back up. They both back up with their chin in the air. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, Bader, Ryan Bader proved it last time when he and Ryan Bader coffee. backs up in a straight line. Does he not? Uh, he, sometimes, yes, he sometimes, does. Yes, majority of the time. Yeah, I have to agree with okay. you. Majority of the time, he does. But he and does. Moldovsky he will sometimes normally does not back up in a straight line. He normally is circling out to one side or the other. Well, Moldovsky normally will just stand his ground and probably doesn't back up a whole lot. But when he does back up, he keeps his feet planted and just lifts his chin up in the air. So I don't know which one's better. <laughs> Um, 
I think the speed of Ryan Bader is going to be better than than Moldovsky's. I think the combination the the combinations may go to Moldovsky in the clinch area in the tight quarters. I'm going to give it to Moldovsky in the longer range where he's where Ryan Bader is able to use the speed and the jab and stick and move and use maybe utilize a little bit of those kicks to the calf or the legs against Moldovsky. Then I think he can start having success in terms of wrestling. Like they kind of cancel each other out, but they're stylistically just totally different, different. John. Yep. They're different wrestlers. That's, That's exactly the thing. It. Against the fence, Moldovsky's going to win this exchange. Yes, I think out in the open, the, the Bader uh, wins the Bader yeah, wins the wrestling, it, especially with his blast double. Yep, exactly. Now yep. I don't know if he's going to be able to get him down though. If you look at Moldovsky, like if you look, you go back and you watch when Ryan Bader tried to take uh, Nemkov down. He he got in deep, but he couldn't finish. He ended up getting smashed, you know, down. And then they got into a scramble. Then Moldovsky and then uh, Nemkov ended up on bottom. Moldovsky, though, he's he's technically very sound. He seems like he's got very heavy hips because I watched his last couple of fights and people are shooting on him, trying to get him down. He's just digging the underhooks, covering the head, smashing him up, lifting him up. He's doing. There's whatever not he wants. a whole lot of guys that take Moldovsky down. Yeah, but Moldovsky on his back, I haven't seen either. So if we do see him on his back, how is that going to look? Well, I've seen it's, him on his back, and it's uh, in fact that was his one loss that I saw. Mm. So, and that was when he was fighting in Ryzen, and uh, he, he ended up fighting a mo- you know a monster wrestler and stuff, and he did get taken down, and he kind of at a certain point accepted being on his back, and you go, you can't do that, man, not as a heavyweight, especially. Mm-mm. You cannot accept being on your back, but I, it's exactly what you're saying. I think they both have their strengths, and they both have an advantage somewhere in this fight in my opinion ryan bader needs to use that blast double that he's so good at setting up at times and get on top of him and make him work just like he did when he fought machida you gotta put that pressure on him you gotta make him carry your weight because ryan on the top position he's got great ground and pound he's got a he's got a very good uh job as far as he picks the leg up he takes the posting hand away very well he laces the arm behind the back really well. He does a lot of things that make you have to deal with something. And while you're dealing, getting out of that bad position, he's landing shots and he's got heavy elbows and heavy hands, but he's got to get Moldovsky into those positions. Yeah, he does. He's got to get to the top position. If he if he's on top, he could be winning this fight. The other thing to take away, if you go back and watch the Nemkov fight, he had a hard time controlling Nemkov from the top position. He backed out and it cost him the fight, basically. But in this situation, Moldovsky will not be as good off of his back in terms of attacking the submissions, in terms of the movement of the hips and being aggressive with his high guard, all of those things. You're not going to see that from normally from any heavyweight, but you're not going to see it from Moldovsky versus seeing it from um, Nemkov. I do believe, and I said this on air, you know, when he fought, when he fought Nemkov and when he fought, even when he fought after that in the light heavyweight tournament, I said, look. Ryan Bader is a heavyweight. He needs to fight at heavyweight. He's got the wrestling to be a good heavyweight um, fighter. He needs to stay there. He looks better there. Everything he does is better at heavyweight. He's not a 205-pounder anymore. The speed would slow down. Like He had a hard time with Nemkov and his speed. He had a hard time with Corey Anderson's speed. He, he has a hard time with guys that like that. that can that are mobile, and he can't keep up with them anymore. That either matches his speed or He's go past it. Yeah. yeah, or pass it. So I think him being a heavyweight is definitely um, a place that he needs to stay. He can't afford to go back and down. He can't afford to try to make another Agreed. run down there. He's got to just stay at heavyweight until he's done fighting. Yeah, so I agree totally. All right, well, let's talk about the co-main event. 
Boom. Benson Henderson versus Islam Mamadov. Mamadov. This is going to be one of those fights. I honestly believe, look, Benson, he's hard to take down. He's, he's, not, he's not great off of his back, but he's, he's good. But I've trained with Islam, and I've fought Benson. He's going ha- to be held down, John. If this fight hits the ground, I don't think Benson's getting up off the back. He's going to be held down. He's going to get some work put on him. It depends on how active Islam is, but he needs to make an impression. He needs to make an impression to Scott Coker. He needs to make an impression to the fans. He needs to go out there and, and let everyone know who he is. Mamadoff does. Because you can't, it's one thing to be very good. And I say it all the time winning solves everything. But that last fight against Primus and even all of his fights in the PFL, that no one's talked about him. No one talks about me. his talent, his ability. And I know how good he is. He just needs to go out there and let it go. If he lets it go, man, he can be so damn good. Yeah. It's just he's got to let it go. And the perfect guy for him to do it again is, is Benson Henderson because Benson will go everywhere on this. Benson likes to kick the body. I wouldn't suggest doing that to Mamadoff. That's going to put you on your back. Benson Benson does a lot of things where he kind of lunges in. He likes to lunge in with the jab and the hook and the or the right hook and the straight left because he's southpaw. I wouldn't suggest that either. So he's going to have a hard time figuring out the game plan, and he's not taking Islam down. I mean, just I mean, he may be able to trip him in some sort of exchange where he ends up on the ground, but in the scramble and the wrestling, I'd stay away from that. So outside of that, I'm having a hard time figuring out how Ben's going to win this fight. And I love Ben, man. Ben's probably one of my favorite people in the whole sport. You know, I've got, I've got a handful of guys. He's a great person. He's yep. got a great family. He's got you know, he's an amazing, amazing person. He's got a great gym, great people. He's around. Absolutely phenomenal person. So he's got his work cut out for him, man. He's 28 and 11. I mean. Another loss. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what you would be thinking at the, at his age. What is he? Thirty seven, thirty eight. John, he's thirty eight. But a podcast day of thirty eight. I believe. No, he's right? thirty eight. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Thirty eight yeah. years old. I just I look at it with with Benson as a uh, first off he 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 needs this win badly. But I did see where he said he's been told that if he gets a win here against Mamadov, he gets a championship fight. No idea. So now he's already fought. Uh, Patricky once he didn't win that fight, but you know, and, and Benson has had a hard run in Bellator. You know, he's had some yeah. great fights, and he's had some fights where you know he got dominated, and he's had some fights that were close. You know, he's had two championship fights. He did beat Patricio. He mm. beat you know, but you know, did he really? Well, he's got the win. That's all yeah, I got to say. Got the win. Yeah. Yes, it was a fact that Patricio broke his leg. Mm-hmm. So that's how Benson and Benson was losing that fight. If you he really was. want to look at it, is uh, what was going on in it. But he's had a tough run, man. He's he's had, you know, Michael Chandler beat him twice. the The first one when it was the championship fight, it was a good fight. And I had, Benson, I had Benson winning. Benson was coming on at the end, and he definitely was putting it on Chandler in the fifth round. And it, it's that whole thing of Benson starting slow. He started real slow in that fight, lost the first couple rounds, and then was coming on. And, and look, if it had gone to a sixth round, I think he could have finished Chandler possibly in it, but it didn't happen. But he, you know, he's got good wins against Miles Jury. But although it was a good win, it wasn't an exciting fight. It was boring. I called it. It was in Ireland. <laughs> okay, there you I was go. Like, yeah. What the fuck am yeah, I watching well, right but now? But a lot of it was the defensive style of Miles and what was go- going on. It, you know, his fight against Piccolotti. Let's be honest. That was he a had a great round, fight. and he had a round where he was all he was dominated by Piccolotti, 
yeah. in a lot of that. So a very close, tough fight. The fight the fight that he came into, you know, Bellator with was the Koreshkov fight. That was a so, fight both times that Benson has stepped up. Benson did step up from 155 pounds to 170 in the UFC, and he got wins. His 170-pound fights in Bellator, oh. they haven't been close. Koreshkov was just a dismantling. And then he fought Jason Jackson, and that was Jason was just too long, too strong, too good at just keeping the distance and picking him apart. So he's he's been that you know that guy who will fight anyone. You gotta love him for that. You know his last fight against Primus again. At certain times, you looked, you said you can't settle here, and he started to settle. And it, but he's the one feeling it. So you're you're saying you can't settle here. But you, you're not feeling exactly what he is, so maybe it's like I have to. I don't have a choice here. I can't get yeah. out of this. So this is a this is a almost in my opinion, man. He's got to beat Mamadov. The question is, how does he do it? Yeah. And I do think the one thing that everyone has always talked about with Benson, but he's kind of gotten away from almost a la a Jose Aldo. He used to have super heavy leg kicks. Yeah. And he's kind of gotten away from him. And I'd like to see him get back to lowering that thing because he was one of the first guys with the calf kicks. And he needs to open up on Mamadoff when he can, keeping that kick, as you say, low. He can't bring it up onto the thigh, and he cannot bring it up to the body the way he likes to because Mamadoff is outstanding at catching the kick and taking you to the ground off of it. And if Benson ends up on his back underneath Mamadoff, it's not going to be a good night for him. No, that's exactly where he's going to end up. And I think if he starts throwing those calf kicks, he's going to have to throw them quick and get them back. He tends to lunge in also, too, on his kicks. He, like, kind of hops to them, and they make them easier to, to catch. A lot of people, though, are, are intimidated by his kicks because of the buzz around him. Uh, I know I was a little bit. I was, like, expecting it to be a little bit harder, you know, but he's got Flintstone feet, and so it covers a large It covers a large surface. I think a lot of it's from just he runs barefoot. He walks around a lot barefoot, just in naturally walks around barefoot. Um, you know, he trains barefoot. He runs. A kid does his cardio for his fights barefoot. So you can just start to see he's got those Flintstone-style feet. Um, the impact, sure, it's like a thud sound, which those ones tend to hurt a little bit more. They do a little more damage to the leg. But he's got – I think the calf kicks come around. He was one of the first guys, like you said, to, to utilize them. But he needs to let it go more. But he's gotten away from it. Yep, he's turned more into a boxer, and he's you know he's done. He's he's good. He's talented all the way around. But when it comes to the new generation at thirty eight years old, is his chin still there? That's one thing. Can he take the shots that he's able to do? And look, John, at that age, that's when I started noticing a difference, like in the terms of what shots I could take and what shots I couldn't. It was like that 37, 38, 39. Yeah. You're like, damn, you just can't do it. Your body's not doing it. It's not you. You wanted to do it. But it's it can't do it, and so I get nervous. I don't want to say I get nervous, but you know, because I know he's a good person. He's a really good person. But it's like you got to start questioning. Like if he loses this fight, like it's getting close to the time of just to hang it up. You know what I mean? And and whether he's takes care of his body or not, but if the head can't do it and the body can't do it, like you got to move. You know, yeah. You, you yeah. gotta you gotta make those adjustments. Yeah. Um, Henry Corrales, Aiden Lee. I'm telling you guys Ooh, right now, that's the fight. Aiden Lee is a fucking savage. Did okay? you see so, him in his last fight? Yes. God yeah. damn, he looked good. He looked really good. I mean, he got clipped in that fight, too. He got rocked a little bit. I went yeah. back and I was watching it. He got yeah. rocked a little bit. Twice he got rocked. But it was a great fight. <clears throat> he's got the speed. He's got the range. It's Dude, he's hard for six foot for 145 pounds. It's hard he's for somebody. 
<clears throat> it's hard for someone that is that type of length and reach and legs and all of those things, tall, long, and lanky, for them to throw the combination. And if they miss, then they're out of range. Like, not just out of range, but they're, they've crushed too much space. Now they get body locked. They get taken down. So he's got to make sure. And I don't think he's, 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 he's not finding a guy that does that. But Henry does. Henry will shoot a takedown or two. He will. He'll shoot one, but most of the time Henry is looking to knock you out. And it's when Aiden crushes that space and makes a mistake that Henry can catch him because Henry's got good power in his hands. Kind of pushes his right hand out a little too much yeah. at times. You know, he's pushing it and stuff, forcing it. But this is. A really good matchup. The only guys that have beaten Henry are all top notch. Take a look, at the, you know, the losses that Henry Corrales has. You know, the only one that you can put in there and go, eh, maybe that's not your top notch would be Johnny Campbell, who I thought fought a fantastic fight. That was the dude that was just on that night. You go, you talk about determined and will not take a loss in this fight. That was the cupcake man, Johnny Campbell, in that one. But you're talking, you know, he's lost to Patricio, he lost to Daniel Strauss. He lost Daniel to Emmanuel Sanchez. Sanchez, you know, but he, you know, Darian Caldwell got him with wrestling and stuff, you know, held him down a lot, but he doesn't, he, the guy can fight, man, and he can definitely come out and put one on you. He, but he, and he normally needs a guy like Aiden Lee, a guy that comes to fight. And when he gets a guy like Aiden Lee, you know, almost like he had the, you know, the Aaron Pico fight, man, if you're coming at Henry, it's going to be a war. It's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, um, Henry's gonna have a hard time though because he plots after people and just tries to throw his combinations. He'll try to throw them also too off the counter. The speed and the reach of Aiden Lee is gonna make it very difficult for him to land the combination. Yeah. I think he will have to try and wrestle with the um, gosh with the Parabchenko fight when he fought Parabchenko. He got a takedown on Parabchenko. I want to say twice. He got a takedown on him. And it, I mean, it was definitely made it made a difference in terms of him landing the cleaner shots on the feet as well, because Parabchenko then started trying to wrestle, which brought him into the range. Aiden Lee's not going to try to wrestle; he's going to try to be an anti wrestler. He's going to use the reach, that push kick, the head kick. All of those things are going to be there. So Henry Corrales has got to make sure that he keeps his hands up tight, doesn't let them come down. And he and when he fought, who was the kid's name that fought over in? It was Shudo. Oh, what was his name that Henry Corrales? He knocked him out in the third. Uh, hit on oh, oh, you're talking about um, God, not Lee. Yeah, I'm looking at the guy. He had a beer. Andy, Andy Main. Andy Main. Yeah. When he fought Andy Main, you know, he was having a hard time with Andy in the beginning. But then as the fight went on, he was able to start touching him and hit him with that left hook. Or that was it? No, yeah, he did. Left he, hook. Was, he was, yeah, he hit him with the left hook. And so when he hit him with the left hook, I mean, he was hitting him with it throughout the, but not fully clean. And then he finally he was able to catch him. But he's also a southpaw, and Lee's not a southpaw. So you're gonna see you're gonna see a little bit of a style of difference. But I think where where Henry was having a little bit of success was the straight the straight shot to the body, then coming back up to the top, which is effective against southpaws as well. But on longer fighters, you dip, you throw to the body, and you come back up and come over the head over the top of their combination, which I think is gonna work because Aiden Lee also, because he, he is so tall, he has to punch downward, which leaves his chin in the air. So he's got to be cautious of that. The speed and the reach is going to be a factor, though. I want to see. Hopefully, Henry doesn't get frustrated, start chasing, and make a mistake. We're going to see. Um, Sabaho Masi, who I love watching fight just because he comes to fight against Jaleel Willis. Mm -hmm. 
Very good matchup. Very good style-wise. Both guys like to stand and fight. Willis has probably got the better wrestling overall when you're taking a look at, you know, because you just don't see Homasi wrestling that much, even though he did when, when he fought like uh, Curtis Melander, took him down and dominated the fight. But Homasi comes to fight. He's had some great fights uh, to watch in Bellator. Big knockouts either, you know. He's that guy who's going to live by the sword, die by the sword. He's going to go for it. So this is a, it's a great fight to start the main card off with. Yeah, Jaleel Willis needs to wrestle. Yes. He just got to wrestle. I think but he likes he throws, the box. He likes the box, especially early in the fight. If Jaleel Willis starts wrestling in the first round and starts slowing down Hamasi and takes away his power, I think that he's going to have a good night. If he doesn't get to wrestling early and start making Hamasi work and use his shoulders and his arms, make his arms heavy, he's going to have a short night. <laughs> it could be a short night for him. I think, you know, Hamasi just got the power and he he comes in with the big combinations. He that's flurries. That. Yeah, he's got that pop. So that's going to be a fun fight as well. So uh, Darren Caldwell making his return to, to Bantamweight. Yeah. Against a really good guy and a tough dude. Mm -hmm. You know, Barzola. I love watching Barzola fight because he can fight everywhere. He's, he's just yeah. that, you know, and I hate to say, I don't like saying typical when you're saying uh, what he does, but we're talking about a guy who is just a junkyard dog as far as he just stays in the fight. He just keeps coming. You hit him with shots, and he does not go away. And it's like, this is one of those guys, like, I always say that you're, the, the, your biggest nightmare is the guy that just won't quit. Well, yeah. let me introduce you to a man named Enrique Barzola, because he just doesn't quit. <laughs> Uh, should be a good fight. Darian's just got to make sure that he doesn't gas himself out. The weight cut, he's getting his weight down properly, you know, and when he gets to the top position, he's got to do work. He can't just control somebody. It takes a ton of energy to hold someone down. I think for fighters, especially like I've trained with a lot of top level wrestlers, they feel like they need to squeeze you and hold you. When in reality, if you want someone to go back down, start punching them. They'll lay back to their back. If as they're getting up, you start letting the punches go. They're either going to try to continue standing up and you drop back down on the legs and take them down. Or they're going to go back down to the ground for you. So he, he needs to start learning how to mix that up. And I know he's been fighting for a long time, but he hasn't quite got that down, John. And it's that's been, like his, that's been his downfall, though. Yeah, it's been his downfall in, in, throughout his career. He needs to either learn to let the strikes go to make them move where he wants them to go. But with him, it's always just squeeze and hold, squeeze and hold to the point where he gets so tired that he's not able to do much offensively when he gets back up to your feet. Came and wrestled. Like he has a hard time getting takedowns even when he's tired. Uh, Sadawad versus Christopher Gonzalez. Gonzalez is a stud, man. There might be a lot, a little too much experience though for him fighting someone like Sadawad. Uh, he's, he's, Chris started to get very comfortable with his hands. I don't know if you want to get comfortable with your hands mm -hmm. with Sadawad. Uh, Awad has got power in his right hand. He's got a, you know, if you're going to get the win against Awad, take him down. That's That's your road to victory. You know, it, it, that's his weak suit yeah. when you're talking about the world of MMA. Not that he, he doesn't know what he's doing there, but you don't want to be in the stand-up with him. And so I just look at this, and this is this is one of those, we're going to see where Chris Gonzalez is because Chris just had his first loss. He lost to Yamauchi, you know, and in that it was, hey, I can, go, I can uh, stand with this guy. Didn't give him the respect that he deserved for what he can do in the stand-up. So let's see what he's learned from that. I always say a loss like that, usually you're going to come back a much better fighter. And let's see what Chris does because this is the guy. If he, you know, we're talking Chris was on the national team for Greco-Roman wrestling. This guy can wrestle. 
Use it. This is the guy to use it against. Yeah, he, he you. If you go back and you watch this fight with Yamuchi, like you got to be very careful trying to use your utilize your wrestling against him. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a stud when it comes to jiu-jitsu, his technique in terms of his grappling, getting the position, forcing you to take him down in positions that he feels very comfortable in attacking the submissions at, which is insane. You know, and then his stand-up is that very awkward style stand-up, almost like a Henry uh, Henry Cejudo, yeah, karate style Machida, where people don't they don't feel comfortable, so they end up taking him down, going right into what he wants. And so, um, Chris was kind of a a rough fight for him in terms of he could he had to stand because he knew if the takedown happened, he could potentially get submitted. So he was put in a shitty position. Uh, the next fight, Dalton Rossa versus Dwayne Johnson. It was supposed to be Romero Cotton. That fight fell through. for some reasons I can't I can't mention, but uh, but yeah. So Romero's out. Do, uh, Dwayne Johnson, not the Rock. No, it's King, the Rock. We, we can call him the Rock. He already said he, he goes. The last time I, I talked to him, he says, "Man, he goes. I need a fight with Dwayne Johnson. We got to see who the real Jeez. Rock is." Jeez, man. <laughs> the the real Rock would squash you dead. <laughs> squash you dead. Uh, Nikita Mikhailov is a that stud. kid is good. 23 years of age. Yeah. That kid can fight. Yeah. He is good everywhere. His last fight was against Brian Moore, and I love Brian Moore as a fighter. I talk him up all the time. He pieced Brian Moore up for, for two rounds. Brian kind of got back in the third round, but Mikhailov basically kind of said, I'm just going to stay on the bottom, and I'm mm-hmm. good here. He can't hurt me, but uh, this kid, this kid's you got to watch out for him. He yeah. is that good. And at 135 pounds, man, this is, you know, when I was looking at, you know, that Bantamweight World Grand Prix, and I was like, you go 16, because this was one of the guys that I was saying, you could put him in there, mm. and he's he's going to surprise a lot of people. He is that good. He's coming on, you know, this is another Team Fedor guy, and he's, whew, he's trouble. Tough. Uh, a young, talented young man comes from a good, strong lineage is Lucas Brennan. His dad, Chris Getting Brennan, better. was a, a fighter for years. Uh, I was supposed to fight Chris a bunch of times in a bunch of different promotions and never came to fruition. But his son is panning out to be a really damn good fighter. He's got good wrestling. He's got good submissions. Really aggressive. This is what he wants to do. I mean, I talked to his dad. His dad said, no, this he's, he's gung-ho. He's on this. This is what he wants. And I'm like... With your guidance and, and what you're doing, I think he's he's potentials there, man. See, and that's part of what I like, what I'm seeing, and it's so hard to watch it sometimes. A dad mm-hmm. with their son and the moves that they make, but you take a look into this is like what Antonio McKee did with AJ. We're gonna yeah. slow roll this. We, we're not gonna ask for a lot of money in the beginning, and we're just no. gonna get, we're gonna let them give us opponents, opponents that we believe that you know what we should be able to handle, we should be able to deal with. That's what Chris has done in his first four or five fights here now. And Chris has done a great job of bringing him along, giving him tougher opponents in each one, guys that are a little bit different, do things a little bit different. And Lucas has responded very well. He's done an outstanding job in the cage. A lot of a lot of variety to his submissions that he has pulled off. Uh, he's going against Ben Lugo, and Ben Lugo's a good fighter, man. This kid, This guy's good everywhere. He's good in the stand-up. He's got a very good wrestling game. His submission game is pretty sharp. It's not as good as uh, Brennan's as far as overall, but this is a good matchup. And again, he's, he just he keeps on stepping it yeah. up with his opponents, so it's going to be interesting to see how Lucas attacks Ben Lugo and where Lugo is able to get things on, on Brennan. Yep.
Uh, Weber Almeida, who is a um, protege of the Machitas. Machitas. Very powerful. He's very fast, very explosive. Um, he could t- pro- <coughs> sorry. He could technically be a fifty-five pounder. He's thick. He started you know off I mean? at he's, thirty-five. He's a big guy though, John. Like yeah, he's, he's thick, thick but he thick. He, he's got a lot of he loads up. Yeah, he does. He does get tired in fights. <laughs> you know, Johnny Soto is was his uh last fight where the first loss of his career, and it was because he got tired. You know, yeah, Johnny Soto just wore him out with making him grapple, getting his arms heavy making him work to get himself up off of the canvas, taking him back down, all of that stuff. Now, let's just be honest. He had a different opponent. His opponent is coming in pretty last minute. It's Fabricio Franco. It's going to be a, you know, what kind of shape is he in? It's a tough one because yeah. that's that's a quick that's a quick uh, entrance into this against a guy that's been training. Yep, and now we want to talk about the biggest star on the whole damn card, <laughs> Big Tuna Ben Parrish. Let's go, let's go, Big Tuna. Um, Sullivan Colley is uh, a very talented, very, very talented athletic. fighter. Very athletic, yep. very talented fighter. He's 2-0. and oh. He's fighting Ben Parrish, who's 5-1. and one. Big Tuna can fight. Big John, Tuna you, can fight. I've said yep. that. Yeah, John talks about this all the time. The whole like, time. I was, I was like, this dude can't fight. Dude, he can fight. <laughs> he can fight. He can fight. John, talk to me, man. Tell me, tell me, tell the world what they need to know about Big Tuna. Look, every, Look. every time I watch this guy, this is what you know. Listen, it, Linda, Linda, honey, it, baby, listen, Linda, 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 Linda listen, honey, listen, honey, listen, baby, listen, listen, no papaus. <laughs> <laughs> I watched him, and I go, damn, that dude's body is horrible. Because that's the first thing you look at. Is yeah. he, he's a guy that lost a lot of weight, and then you watched him fight. You go, but he can fight. He's tough. Yeah. And then I watched him take guys to the ground. I watched his body position. I go, he can grapple. You know, and then I watched him in the stand. Then I watched his one loss. He's doing well. And he breaks his leg, kicking, you know, his opponent steps back and it, you know, his leg goes out. And you go, he comes in and he fights Christian Edwards. He tells us, he goes, he says, yeah. I'm going to knock him out. I didn't believe him. <laughs> I mean, 30 seconds later, he's looking at the camera saying, I told you so. You know, yeah. it's like, the guy can fight. Now, he is fighting a guy. If you're looking at Sullivan Collin, this is a guy looks the part. You know, it's put together like a brick shit house. He's got good wrestling. He's a good athlete. He's going to have to be very patient in this fight and take his time because if he thinks he's going to run over Ben Parrish because he's got the better-looking body, he's in trouble. See, that was my problem, John. I always had the better-looking body. Yes, I was yes. just running yeah, over. I was trying to run everybody running over. Running everyone over. <laughs> Never worked out my way. It <laughs> didn't work out that way sometimes. This is a good way to start the, the night off. I really am looking forward to this fight. Now, I, I'm, tr- I'm so, so surprised at the first fight of the night, just to be honest. I, yeah, I think they might change it. You never know. Uh, yeah, you but never know. I, I looked at it. I thought, man, you could put this up towards that prelim, yeah. main, and it would be fun. Yeah, because it's gonna be a fun fight. Sullivan Cullick is out of you know, living in Arizona. This is his hometown. Maybe it's they yeah. they want to start it off with. Yeah, they want to get hometown, the fans there as soon as possible. Yeah. He's got a pretty big following in that area there. Yep. All right. Well, that wraps up our fight card breakdowns uh, for this weekend's fights. There's no UFC this weekend, is there? No UFC no this UFC. weekend. No UFC yeah. this weekend. So they yeah. splashed on. They the got tired with the with the paper. They got tired. And, they got yeah. so tired. Dana couldn't even hold up the belt and put it on the champ. <laughs> <laughs> Had to do it, it again. Francis. Man, that's some drama right there. I, All right, let's like uh, look at it. It's crazy. Dave, what, what what news you got for us, buddy? 
so we're going to talk, uh, get your reaction to this uh, story that came out. There's two parts to it, so let me um, lay out the first part, talk about the second part, and then get your guys' reaction. So the first part is um, Ngannou said in an interview yesterday that the UFC sent him an email um, on his way to the Honda Center that they're going to be sued after having talks with Nikisa Bedarian, who's uh, Jake Paul's promoter. Um, and the, the conversation was about boxing, apparently. So the UFC basically found this out, however they did, and uh, they intend on um, initiating a lawsuit against Ngannou. Um, and then just kind of like... Uh, on no, 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 hold on. Okay. Don't, I don't want to go any farther than that because I, I, I want to ask you this, Josh. What do you think of... People. You don't want to. You don't want to ask. You don't want to ask podcast Dave because you want to ask podcast answer. Dave. <laughs> okay, podcast Dave. What do you podcast think? That you you talk about a WWE move. Yeah. About you're sending an email to a guy who's on his way to fight for your promotion, and you're sending him an email about getting sued. What is, does does the timing seem correct here to you? You want him to lose, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Ah. Bill, I don't on top of everything else, right? It's just pressure. Yeah. pressure ha, d- does it not all stack up to? We're doing everything we can. <laughs> I used to say that you know how many I talked to you about it. You know how many times I used to tell guys when they go to Japan, they're fighting in price. So don't eat the bento box, dude. Don't eat the sushi. Yeah. Okay, and I I know that just sounds you know, but I just knew too many people that got sick from it because. If you're the not fish was well, a couple days old. If you're not feeling well, we don't care as long as our guy wins. And sometimes promotions do things that you look and you go, that's just not right. And, and I'm not, all promotions do it. I'm not just blaming the USC, but if you're looking at if you're look, Bellator's had theirs. I'm not saying it was with Scott Coker, but when Bjorn Brebney, yeah. he did all kinds of bullshit. Okay, so. That's just the way it is, man. Yeah. Okay, it, and it comes down to who the leader is at times, but that's just, you don't do that. But these are the things that happen behind the scenes that you look and you go, wow, did you really have to try to get that low to try yeah. to get things the way you want? You wanted to try to take his mind and put it that far? Come on. Well, I mean, my, my next question is, they would probably just be suing the manager whoever was reaching yeah. out to him. That's one. Well, he, thing could is, be, he could be named on it, but it doesn't mean yeah. they're going to go after him. Yeah. I don't know how you would go after Francis if someone reached out to him. And if he was about, in negotiations. Yeah. I, and I don't him. even know if they would have gone that far, to be honest. Who's his manager? Isn't it Markel? Is that his manager? Uh, yeah, it's from CAA. Yeah, yeah. So, I think his name is Markel. Something Markel, I think, or Markel. Something. Anyways, um, I, I think that... People were like, we know last weekend we talked, we said, look, he should stay in the UFC and just work it out and figure it out. I think that's that ship sail. I think it's done. I think so too. I believe it's, I believe the relationship is completely done. I don't know what they're going to do if they're going to release him. Someone said today that they released him or they're going to release him. No. Yes. Somebody said today that I was reading something. No. Sent me, yes. Said that they're going to release him. They're going to let him go. They're going to let their heavyweight champion. I think they're going to release him. They're gonna let it be done, John. I, just, He's I don't not, think so. I, I don't. I don't even know if he has that one fight. I know the contracts normally work out a certain way, like we have talked about forever now. It's like it usually extends three fights or one fight at least at the minimum. Yeah. But I don't. I, I don't. I, obviously, this 
this contract seems very different than whatever it well, is. He's been under contract way. past. He had a 40 month contract with yeah. eight fights, I believe. He's, you know, obviously been like farther than that as far as the time. Mm-hmm. And that's based upon him turning fights down and things like that. But he's already come out and said, yes, if he wins this fight, he owes them another fight then, even though this yeah. is the last fight on his contract. Mm-hmm. So that part is he would have to sit out for a year for him to be completely free. So is that yeah, what he's but sitting do? out? But here's the thing of sitting out, sitting out, he would have to, they, if they offered him a fight, he'd have to take it. No. See, that's the thing in their contract, in their contract, in most contracts, in my contract for the UFC is if every time they, they offer you a fight and you turn it down, it extends yeah. your, but understand that's your fight contract that you signed for. He didn't sign for this part. This is an extension due to the heavyweight championship and the fact that he's the title holder. There's an, a one fight extension or one year. If he does not take that fight, it doesn't extend out any farther. It's not part of his original contract. That's see, that's what's weird to me though is that they've always had that in their contract. Like in my contract, it said every time I fought for the title, if I defended my title or I fought for the title, it extended my contract three fights. So yes, mine was three fights. So it was every time then it would extend. So what it was is like, it always got me to have three fights left on my contract. Not, uh-huh. it doesn't extend it three more fights on top of the three more fights. Yeah. It wasn't like six. It's always fights. you're sitting it's at a six three. and then nine. And then, you know, yeah. as long as you're always sitting <laughs> at a three, it always extended me three. Now, um, someone was telling me, I think with like DC, it was like, it extended him one fight every time, but he couldn't turn fights down. That's normally in their contract also, is that if you turn a fight down, it just continues to extend But he was you. still under contract that he had fights. He had signed, signed a contract, and I'm not saying, well, I know exactly what DC signed for, but we'll say he signed a six-fight contract, mm-hmm. and he's the champion on his third fight. He still has three fights to go. So all of the, the language that's in the contract about turning a fight down, mm-hmm. that will extend your contract, they can't extend it out any more than what it is. He owes them based upon winning that title fight and retaining his championship fight. Since that was the last fight on his contract, he owes them one fight or one year. If they offer him a fight and he turns it down and he goes that one year, they cannot hold him to that contract. It's over. That's interesting. I never, I never, I've never heard that. I've never heard that. Yeah, that's interesting to me. Uh, But I mean, overall, what's that? I was going to say, this is Dana White's. Uh, Dana White always says Vince couldn't have written it better himself. And in this case, Vince couldn't have written it better himself. Francis did all the odds stacked against them, plus an email with a threat of a lawsuit, and still came out and got the W. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't happy. No. Yeah, obviously he not. Happy. He put the belt around him. So he left. That, he that left was it. just. Yeah, he left early. Didn't even go up in the cage, correct? I so actually saw media people actually saying. Dana needs to grow up. Oh, really? You know? Yeah, they won't be invited back, by the way. Exactly. <laughs> Those guys. <laughs> the whole thing. Let me tell let me give, I you just a, at- give you guys a history lesson. This is what happens. This is what the, the MMA f- uh, media originally, the Sure Dogs and the, all the other ones that were around before, they are all they, gone. They got they're, spanked. They're, yeah, they got, they got shafted because one or two reporters wrote something negative. He's like, you know what? Screw you guys. You guys aren't welcome anymore to the arena. And then they started using mainstream media. It all worked out for Dana. Yep. So, you know, what's I, a, a lot of really odd. Out for him. 
is um, usually in scenarios like this, um, what I've noticed is Dana will do like an interview with Brett Okamoto or Megan Olivia, like, you know, it'll be some sort of like YouTube interview where, you know, it'll be very clear the questions are all um, like kind scripted. of scripted for Dana to, to, to be in Dana's favor. And it happened with the cyborg thing, remember, when he said he's out of the cyborg business, he sat down mm-hmm. with Megan Olivia. <clears throat> but but he's opted to do a, a Q&A from fan questions on ESPN tomorrow. And I just think that's the worst thing you can do. Cause it's going to no. be, no, he'll pick out the fan questions that he's willing to answer. Mm. Yeah. That's the thing. Like they'll have the fan questions there. He'll go read through them and then he'll, he'll, he'll pick them out. I just can't imagine how 99% of them are not going to be. Why did you not rather feel right? Francis? Yeah. I mean, yeah. There probably will be one of those, but he won't answer all of them. He'll answer one that fits the narrative that he's going to try to push, which is smart on his part. As a promoter, he's doing what he needs to do to make sure his company makes money. Well, the, the whole, you know, there was a lot of people, you know, he didn't do the press conference. I, I don't blame him for not doing a press conference. He hasn't okay. done press conferences before. We're just yeah, making exactly. a big deal about it because Francis Ngannou didn't get the belt strapped around him and he's having problems with Francis right now. He's yep. he's missed press conferences before. You guys, calm down. Yeah, I mean so. not, that's not a big thing. But as far as lack of respect, he should have put the belt. Yeah, around Ingano or yeah, put it over. Especially knowing that he was there. Especially knowing that he was. Yes. There. Yeah. If he was not there, of course not. Yeah. But if he's there, that's part of his like responsibilities as the president. You're the guy. You know, Coker used to. You know, when he was Strike Force, because mm-hmm. he was the owner. He said, yep, I'm the owner and president, and I'm not the guy that puts a belt around someone. That's going to be on Corey Schaefer. Yeah. And Corey Schaefer, everyone thought that was Scott Coker. Everyone thought Corey Schaefer was Scott Coker. Scott loved that. He <laughs> loved it. Uh, uh, there, there's two parts to this, though, right, Dave? What's the next part? So I'm actually just going to save that next part. Something else came up that I want to talk about, and um, I think okay. is... Um, oh This other thing, I've, the second part is a kind of in weighing interjection this week, so make sure you tune in to weighing, weighing interjection to see this next part being discussed in a Which short Which is on our weighing and extra channel. Yep. Um, so the n- next one that just came up, actually, um, is the announcement of Vicente Luque and Bala Mohammed 2 is set for um, to headline fight night in April. Um, good fight. They have fought before, and it was located at one via TKO, um, yep. so it should be a good fight. I think it's going to happen again. Yep. It might even happen sooner. <laughs> Vicente Luque is right now is just on a different level than a lot Vicente of Vicente Luque fighters. is a bad man. <clears throat> you know, not that uh, Bilal's not. Bilal's tough you know, as yeah. hell. He's just not as technically proficient throughout the entire aspect of MMA. Yep. Right now, Vicente Luque, dude, he is sharp uh, and very tight very technical just a good fighter john why are they not making more of a push for him i don't know because he's got it all man he, he, the only the, what he doesn't have he doesn't have that look at me he doesn't do that he just fights his ass off but man, he's, he's good looking you know he's got you know he speaks well but he just doesn't he doesn't push it he doesn't put it out there so John, admitting the good looks, huh? Yeah, buddy. <laughs> I don't have no problem. He's good looking. My age, I'll say who's good looking, who's not. I uh, know. You're surrounded <laughs> by him all the time. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. And look, Vicente Luque is going to be a, a fucking problem, as Usman yep. would say. He's a, he's a problem. He's going to be a problem oh, yeah. for a lot of those top, those top talented guys. I'm surprised they didn't make a push for him to fight someone like Colby. Colby Covington, or I, I know he's fighting. Fight, I, fight, fight, I get it, but I'm saying I am surprised that they didn't start to try to make that fight happen. You know, this I'd fight like makes see, total sense to me. 
But, uh, it, with, okay, with, I, with all the matchups that are already there? Yes. Colby with, and Masvidal. Uh, Leon, Leon already, against Camaro. Yeah. This makes perfect sense. John, it does now, but a month ago or two months ago, it didn't make sense to me. Or actually, yeah, a month ago, it didn't make sense to me. I was like, why aren't okay. you putting him with Colby? Why aren't you putting him? That's what I was trying to say. I should have yeah, been more okay. to the point. I like uh, to to beat around the bush and eat around the tush kind of thing. So it was one of those things. I, I just... <laughs> All right, so I just want—I I wanted to see him make that next step into that top one, two. I, I, he deserves it. I, this is gonna be a really hard, gonna, hard fight if, for Bilal if, Muhammad. If, if he gets a win here, he'll get it. You think so? I mean, yeah. There's yeah. gonna be because they're, yeah, they're gonna have winners up by the end of those other ones. No yeah. matter, no matter who wins between Camaro and Leon, if Luke beats Bilal in this one. You think he's unless, next? Unless Colby has a phenomenal fight against Masvidal, and I said, unless Colby yeah. has a phenomenal fight against Masvidal and Leon Edwards wins. That's true. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Then I could see it being Colby. Other than that, I would see it being um, Luke. Yep, Luke. Yep. That makes a lot of sense because then Luke would just go up and fight uh, Usman. If Usman's still fighting. You know, I, I honestly also too believe the fight to make is Luke and uh, Chimaev. That would have been a good no, thing. no, no, no. We look at <laughs> we're being held up right now because we have you know, we've talked to Gilbert Burns and Gilbert's going to be coming on our show, but we're trying to get it to where there's a finality to who he's going to be fighting before we bring him on. Yeah, and it should be Chimaev. Yeah, that's the matchup be. right there. I think that's a great matchup in itself. You yeah. talk about a guy with. An incredible ground game. One of the best ground games there is as far as submissions is Gilbert Burns. Absolutely. All right, and then let's take a look at what And it translates Chimaev, to MMA. Yes, and let's take a look at what Chimaev has done with his wrestling and his striking. And Gilbert's got good hands. He's got good power. This is a great matchup. I think it's just, it's meant to be. Mm -hmm. So Yeah. Um, we're Come on, Gilbert. Come on, Shemaev. Sign that we're, contract. Let's we're go. Playing, playing matchmaker now. I mean, everyone else in that top five, top six is already signed to something. So, yeah. you know, you might as well get them signed up. All right. What's next, Dave? All right. A couple things left here. Um, so, Gaethje, um, in an interview with BT Sport, uh, had said there's a fight card on May 7th, and he mm -hmm. wants to fight the Brazilian champ in Brazil and bring on the chaos. I think it's a smart move. I think it's very smart by Justin Gaethje to, to do that, to put Charles in his backyard, to make him carry a lot of the media, to carry a lot of what is you know being done as far as uh, the pressure and everything of defending that title in his home country. Smart move. I like it. It's good to go in someone's backyard and be the be the guy that oh everything's against you. I think Charles has already done that. Didn't he fight Kevin Lee in in Brazil? Yeah, Kevin Lee is not is I'm not Justin Gaethje. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Okay, I get it. I get it. But I, I think Charles. I think he's. I think he is a different breed. I think he's definitely. He's really coming to his own in oh, terms absolutely. of the maturity. He's matured all the way across the board. Like you his don't see fight. him doing, you don't see him doing the fucking cha cha after now when he gets a win. Like he just expects to be there now. His fight Expecting. IQ has absolutely yeah. just evolved, and it's his ability to say, "This is what I need to do. I'm going to stand here and 
At times, I got to bite down on my mouthpiece. It's yeah. what he's willing to do now as a fighter compared to what he was willing to go through before. Mm-hmm. It's different, and you're seeing the difference, and you're seeing what it does for him. Yeah. But he's going to go through hell to, to get a win against Justin Gaethje. Or he could sub him in a minute. <laughs> that's the other way of looking at it. Justin makes a big mistake. That's true. Yeah. It could happen. I mean, I don't think he's going to be able to afford to take the shots that Justin Gates is going to deliver. And the leg kicks are going to be there as well. That's right. You know? um, but during those leg kicks, will he get taken down? If he does get taken down. I trouble. Think, yeah, it's a lot, a lot of trouble. So, But overall, it's gonna be a, that's what makes these type of fights so good is that one guy can win one way and the other guy can win the other. Right. And then guess what? In the middle somewhere, it just makes for a really good fucking fight. That's it. Next. All right, last story. Um, Next. And... Let's go, buddy. Next. <laughs> um, uh, so this story is uh, Kenny Florian, UFC legend, MMA legend, like yourself. So that's why I wanted to get your input here. I thought it would be a fun story to finish on. Um, he said that uh, in an interview yesterday that he um, was removed from broadcasting um, and kind of turned down for other positions within the UFC because he turned down a coach position on tough. Um, so just curious on your reaction there um, and kind of thoughts around the UFC when it comes to that. Uh, John, okay, so a couple things. Um, there's been a lot of stories from back in the day. I did a show called Blind Date. Yep. I did you it. You did. Pete Spratt did it. It was all done through the UFC. Tim Sylvia did it. Tim uh, Sylvia did it. Somebody else did it. There, there was it was a one one fighter for the whole week. So it was one one show, but there was one fighter for the whole week. So, anyways, I do recall, you know, I had a girlfriend at the time, and I do recall Dana calling me and saying, "Hey, you need to do this." And I was like, "Hey, man, I got a girlfriend." He's like, "He's like, you need to do this." I don't give a and shit. And that was the end of the conversation. This. It was it wasn't even it wasn't even beyond that. I didn't, yeah. I, I just said it's understood. I get it. Okay. <clears throat> Let me explain to you that they also told Nick Diaz to do that fight or to do that to do that show. Nick Diaz told him to shove it. After that, Nick Diaz went from fighting on the main card to fighting on the prelims. That's what happened. In this situation, Kenny, I I don't know. I don't. I, I've heard this is not why they got rid of him. Okay, but I have also I also understand the situation what he's talking about because at the end of the day, you need to remember if you're asking if you're being asked to do the tough show. Was he was he still fighting at the time? I believe so. so uh, no, no, still... he was not. He was not. So then why are they asking make... him to do the tough show? Because it was going down into Latin America. They weren't going to ask him to fight or anything like that. No, but if he wasn't fighting, if he was not fighting at the time. That's what I'm asking you. If he's a comment, I thought he was retired when he started working full time with Fox and doing this commentary. I thought he was retired, wasn't he? Mm, I don't think so. I think he was still right at the edge of uh, okay. doing everything. So let, let's look at that makes it even worse. So if you are, if you, what I'm saying is from a, from a promotional standpoint, right? If we pay you to be a fighter, the other stuff that you're doing on the side should always be second fiddle. Like we're doing this. Sure. You're feeling more comfortable. We're the, you're the guy that we go to when you're not fighting. We understand that we enjoy your commentary, but at the end of the day, you still work for us as a fighter. Yeah. All this other stuff that we're having you do, it's for fun. We're we're blessing you with this type of stuff. Right now, your job is to make us money. Your job is to go down to Brazil or wherever it is, Latin America, and yeah. be a coach. And if you don't want to make that happen, because when I, I saw the interview with Ariel, I saw a clip of it, and he says, well, because I was doing, you know, I had a lot of other things going on. I was doing the commentary and being an analyst. and this, They don't care. No. When they ask you to do this, 
that's what the job is. Your job is to go do that. And now you're putting that off to the side. Now, guess what? This goes away too. And this I've, is... I've, I've heard from several fighters. Hey, we want you to fight. Okay. You say no to this fight. You're not doing the commentary stuff either that brings you in some money. Nope. This is where you can take a look at what, what, what occurs is as things start coming in, you know, you're getting more options. And you start to look and say, hey, I've got this thing. And then the, the people that your, is your normal work comes and, say, and, and ask you to do something, they're looking and saying, look, you're getting all that other ancillary stuff based upon working for us. Yeah. We're the ones that have put you in that position. And now you're going to turn us down. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look good. I, I bet I've been in those positions. I understand them. And those are the ones that are rough because you you look and you go, I don't want to do it, but I I don't think I have a choice. Yeah. And so sometimes that's just the way, you know, business works and stuff. You know, is this what, is this the reason that Kenny was uh, taken off? I don't know. I'm not going to mm-hmm. sit here and say, I, I know on it. Cause I don't like, like, you know, we've talked about, there was other things that occurred that, you know, did not bode well mm-hmm. for his on-air personality. As far as uh, let me, let me get this right. I love Kenny Florian. I think he's phenomenal. I think he's great at commentary. I think he understands the fight game very well. I think he's got a great personality. He's funny. You know, he's got his podcast with uh, John Anik. The mm-hmm. Anik Florian podcast is great. They're you know both great guys. So this is nothing against Kenny, in my opinion. And I've always been friendly with Kenny. I love the guy. But there's other things that have occurred that people can talk about and say, well, he did this and Fox didn't like it. And sometimes it's not even, you know, the UFC that's going to be the broadcast people are going to say, we, we can't have that. Yeah. And so there's all kinds of things. And, and whatever it is, if, if if it was because he didn't do the Latin America thing, I was, I, I'm sorry that, you know, that's what it was that got you in that, that position. But you're doing great. You know, you've got battle bots and you've got the PFL. You're doing great with them. So. Just still doing battle bots. That's, that show's he, still around. He still does battle bots. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. I haven't seen that show in forever, man. Uh, <laughs> I don't watch the show. I just know that he does it. I, well, you know, at like two in the morning, that shit's on, and so it's like I would sometimes flip the channel and be like, "Hey, that's Kenny. I hear his hey. voice. Yeah, All right, good. Let's watch this. Yeah. All right. Well, Dave, you got anything else for us? That's gonna wrap us. That's going to wrap us up. You guys go to prowrestlingtees.com slash weighing in. We've got our new beast mode shirt up. It's available in a Heather gray and also in a black. The black one looks pretty dope to be honest. Uh, well, that's gonna, the beast mode shirt. The, the Heather gray the is mode. the beat mode, the beat mode. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Good stuff. So check it out. We've had a great artist. Uh, John Weshank can put the, put together for us. And uh, it's nice, man. He does a lot of good artwork. Uh, you guys check him out on Instagram as well. John, it's at Weshank. Uh, at Wayshack for Instagram. So go to ProWrestlingTees.com, use that promo code and still, I want to say weighing in, use that promo code and still. And when you guys get your shirts, man, take a picture, post it, and uh, tag us on it so we can repost, retweet, all those things. Um, Also, hit the subscribe button down below and we want to end the bell as well so you guys know when our Wednesday shows drop or our midweek show drops, I should say. And uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed this show. We had fun. Want to make sure I cleared up some of the comments that were left. You behind. gotta stop reading the and comments. I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna stop, John. I know I'm you're not, you, man. I'm a, I'm a. You're horrible. To you, you are. 
Well, I don't comment on them anymore, but like I like to know where we're, where we're lacking. Sometimes people will say like our mics are off because Dave's not doing his job, and sometimes people will say, sometimes people will say, "Hey, you know what, Josh, you look tired. Maybe get some sleep." And I have to agree with them sometimes. More often than not, that's what the issue is. Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. M- majority of the time, people will say that Dave's not doing his job, but I get it. I understand. Wow, we love us some podcast, Dave, just in increments, though, small little increments. Very small. John, take us away, buddy. Oh, I hope everyone uh, watches the upcoming Eagle FC. I hope you watch Bellator. There are some really good fights in there. Enjoy it. You will get to watch my man Josh with Amanda Guerra out there doing yeah. their thing, and I'll be with Mauro Ronaldo. So everyone wait, out wait, there. Wait, wait, wait. Before what, you what, go. What, before what, the no, very what? End. John, we didn't talk about this, John. Did you not watch my freaking Chiefs? Hello. I did, dude. How what did a we game. not talk? How, I know, we, I know we're an MMA podcast. All of but, them. All of them. They Take were a all look great at the games. Rams against the Buccaneers. Jeez. What a comeback by the Buccaneers and the Rams yeah. then pull it out. Way to go, Stafford. I thought I, I really I'm I'm watching, I'm going, this is the this is the this jinxing is of the Detroit Lions on the LA Rams with Matt Stafford. He just he can't get rid of the aura no. of losing it. And then he pulls it out. What a job. That was fantastic. And then your your Chiefs. My Jeez. God. Mahomes, both Mahomes and Josh Allen. I mean, those guys were on fire. Neither defense could stop shit. They were. No. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the Buffalo Bills had the number one defense in the league, and they weren't stopping them. The other thing, though, is that I felt so bad. I'm I'm obviously I'm a huge Chiefs fan, and I like Mahomes. Mahomes, and it just Mahomes, Mahomes, my Mahomes, Mahomes. Anyways, but it came down to Josh Allen's coaching, coaching. Screwed up. When it came down to the last kick kickoff for us to get with 13 seconds left, they kicked it in the end zone. They gave us the full 13 seconds. Had they kicked a little squib kick down there, you would have burned off. Down. Yeah, you would have burned off at least four to five seconds. At least four to five seconds. I don't know, man. It just it was bad coaching on the Bills' part. A little bit of that curse, I believe, from back in the day. It just but Josh Allen played lights out. Nine mm. nine touchdowns in two games. That guy's phenomenal. Just yeah. phenomenal. He's a stud. I felt bad for him, honestly. John, I felt bad for him. He thought he won the game two times in the last three minutes. Felt so bad for him, man. He seems like such a good kid, too. He's going to be a stud. The shit thing is, is we're going to have to play them every damn year. That's, <laughs> That's right. the shit thing. He's going to be around for a little what bit. About, all right, what about the Niners' defense against Green Bay? They're studs, though. Man. Niners, Niners defense is studs. I mean, they're stacked. I know. I'm in trouble. I got a bet with Coker. I got the Rams. He's got the Niners. So, yeah. Good luck. I don't that, know. Buddy. Good luck. Dude, my Rams you, got it. Look, defense Rams have lost six, six times in a row to them, by the way. Hey, I, know what the, I know what it is. Yeah. Guess where Guess where the game's being played. Yeah, I, yeah, I know. Right where yeah. the Rams are going to play in the Super Bowl. Yeah, you know, you know, you know, the Niners have beat them also there. Hey, hey, times. hey, just keep talking. <laughs> yeah, I'm because just next Sunday I'm going to talk to you. <laughs> well, you know, I think you're going to, I think you're going to end up, I think you're really going to end up with another re, uh, another Super Bowl of the Niners and the Chiefs. It's going to no. be the Niners and Chiefs again. No. Yeah. Well, Negative. I mean, like, even if the Rams do go, negatory. Yeah, you guys are. Could you imagine it. if the Bengals beat the they, Chiefs a second time? Can I a imagine? Second they just time beat them. Year. They just beat them two weeks saying, ago, three weeks ago. Second time this year. Could you imagine? No, unfortunately, I can't. To be honest, our defense sucks. <laughs> our defense. It's sucks. always going to be a I, shootout with you guys. I like Spags. In, Spagnola as a as a person. I've met him a couple of times. Seems very nice. But as a coach, he's definitely turned the defense around from before when he when he wasn't there. But he's still just yeah, still he, not that great. He's losing man. players, dude. He's yeah. losing players. 
You know, everything yeah, is we about have our players. They still fuck up. <laughs> He's losing it's players. Hard. It doesn't make it easy. Drives me All crazy. Right. To everyone out there, watch Bellator, watch Eagle FC, and definitely watch the NFL on Sunday. Sunday. <laughs> Let's go, Chiefs. So we, we can go and watch this. And so out there, have fun, be kind to people, and we will see you.